This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Grain markets are digesting the onset of harvest, no frost risks anywhere, and a new batch of heavy rain forecasts for the Gulf, which could slow needed repairs to terminals yet to reopen, with power only recently restored. Tropical Storm Nicholas is forecast to dump as much as 20 inches of rain on the Texas Gulf Coast, with remnants spreading eastward toward Louisiana, and up to 4 inches forecast for New Orleans. It's not another hurricane, but it can help but slow or complicate recovery from Hurricane Ida as far as resumption and export loadings go. Tuesday's weekly export inspections were worse than expected, with just 138,000 tons of corn loaded versus pre-release expectations ranging from 250 to 500. Soybean loadings at 105,000 metric ton were at least within the trade range of expectations from 75 to 300. Wheat loadings of 548,000 metric ton were above the top end of trade expectations. After the close Monday, we got USDA's weekly crop progress and condition reports. The trade was expecting no change for corn, but it actually declined a point to 58% good to excellent versus 59% last week and 60% a year ago. Only five of the 18 states, representing 92% of U.S. production, saw slight improvement in ratings, while nine saw declines, and the remaining four were unchanged. We know five of the nine states that showed a decline in ratings were in the eastern Corn Belt, where big yields are being counted on to make up for subpar yields in the northwest Corn Belt. We noted further that corn rated poor to very poor actually increased a point to 15% from last week's 14%. With this week's report, they began showing weekly harvest activity for corn at 4% complete compared to 5% on average. The trade was expecting ratings for soybeans to hold steady, and that is what they got. Still 57% good to excellent versus 63% a year ago. Of the 18 states that account for 96% of the crop, 11 showed slight improvement, but that was offset by declines in ratings for five other states. The other two showed no change. In other news, there was another major sale of soybeans to unknown destinations, which nearly always turns out to be China. This time, 132,000 metric ton. Last week, there were four such big sales. Since the beginning of August, a total of 3.9 million metric ton of soybean sales have been announced to either China or unknown destinations. The trade seems unimpressed as forecasts for big increases in Brazil planted acreage for 2022 take the shine off such sales. The crop progress report showed 12% of the winter wheat crop was planted, 3% ahead of last year's pace, and 4 points faster than normal. USDA hit its new CRP enrollment goal. They had boosted incentives and payment rates with the goal of adding 4 million more acres to CRP enrollment this year. It reported a few weeks back that only 2.8 million cropland acres had been accepted. However, this week they reported another 2.5 million in offers for the grassland CRP had been accepted, taking total additions to 5.3 million, well beyond their 4 million acre goal. The big grassland CRP sign-up may mean that the cow herd is still shrinking. July inventory numbers already showed some shrinkage. Now, unsurprisingly, drought-ravaged western states were among the heaviest submissions. 
Grassland CRP payments look good compared to hauling hay for cows, and that may explain the higher-than-usual cow slaughter rates that we reported several times this year. It boosts odds that the January cattle inventory report will show even more reduction in the nation's cow herd and the future feeder cattle and beef supply. We had hedges in place on a percentage of our third and fourth quarter fed cattle marketings and just over half of fourth quarter feeder cattle marketings. The unexpected collapse in price has made those positions profitable. It was time to lift the hedges and claim profits, which we did Tuesday morning. We can't be certain that the selling is over, only that futures can't get any more oversold when the stochastics oscillator is at zero. If the selling continues, we'll be watching for a bottoming action that suggests feedlots consider some protection on the long side. The best news that we can report is that plant officials at the JBS plant in Grand Island, Nebraska, say that the fire damage there was minimal and that they plan to reopen Tuesday, perhaps not at full capacity of 6,000 head a day, but reopen nonetheless. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.